What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. That's good. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's hey, intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hey down there, Jeff. Hey there. How you doing today? Awesome. Ready, awesome. Ready to do a little podcast for the fans here? I am. I am uh, pumped up. I don't know what day it is, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> it is hard to keep track. It is. Crazy. Uh, it's Wednesday. It is. Yeah. Well, it could be a Monday because I watched football last night. So I know. that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It could be Tuesday since uh, you watched last night. It could be Friday. Crazy time. We're not going to stop until the NFL's on every no, night. No, no. Uh, that was weird, football being on last night. It was a good game, though. It was enjoyable. Yeah, I can't say I saw... A ton of it because I was pretty interested in the Rays as well. I was doing both. I was flipping back and forth. How about those Rays? Yeah. Well, was... actually, I have to confess, I was not doing the flipping. The Dodgers were on, oh, so I had to deal yes. with that last night. Yeah, Jeff's wife yeah. is a big Dodgers fan. Therefore, she's feeling the pain once again. And once again. As it looks like they could squander yet another opportunity when it looks like they have the best team. Right, and, it, and, and she wouldn't say this to you, but I will. At least her team's in it. I was taking a sip when you said that, <laughs> nearly had a spit take. My team was in it. Yeah. So both teams made the playoffs. Far. Yeah, but not very far. But they continue. both made the playoffs, and neither one – well, yeah. the Dodgers still have a yeah. shot. We can't yeah. write them off. And congrats to the Rays. They could wrap it up. 3-0. So. and oh. Yeah. Amazing. You, they're just throwing, like, one 96, 97-mile-per-hour nasty you think, pitcher after you another. Think, you think Houston would have Steve Sachs playing second base. Can't, <laughs> He's can't got throw the to first. Yeah. yeah. And then they're they're playing phenomenal defense. Mm-hmm. Joey Wendell over there at third is like a vacuum. Right. And then uh, and then they just wait for the, the Astros to make a mistake. Right. And this is the nice part about the Salty Dogs. We're all about football and Buccaneer stuff, but we're also sports fans. Well, it's kind of an incredible – it's kind of an incredible time for this area after mm-hmm. the Lightning won the Stanley Cup, and now the the Rays could win their first championship. And and I still have a lot of faith that the Bucks are, are going to be a, a prime contender when it's all said and done. Yeah, no pressure, Tom. <laughs> you, know, I, I was just talking about the Salty Dogs defense. Let me get your. I mean, the Salty Dogs defense <laughs> can't come in here. I'm very quick. I'm fast. <laughs> get out of here. Um, the Rays defense. Did you see the catch by Manuel Margot when he went flying over the sideline? I did the ball. I have long held, and I want to see how you feel about this, that if you cannot stay in the field of play while making a catch, it should not count as a catch. You did not keep that ball in the field of play. When you're trying to rob a yeah. homer or rob a ball that's going into, into foul territory, right. you're trying to keep it from landing out of play. And if you fall over the wall into, into the out of play, then you didn't succeed. No, because you're out of bounds. Yeah, if you... If you jump over the, the center. Now, if you stick your arm over there no, and, that's grab it great. and bring it in. That's that, the whole idea. That means the ball never landed on the ground. Right. Well, right. the ball never no. landed on the ground in sure. this one either, although you could say but he possible. Did. <laughs> yeah. If you were, if there was a fence short enough for a guy in the outfield to jump and he makes an incredible catch but then flips over it, which I'm sure has happened at some point in baseball history. You would think. He lands out there. That shouldn't count. If he can't stand out there and wait for a homer and catch it, 
that wouldn't be an out. So right. why isn't an out if you fall out there while catching it? I just don't agree. Mm. I, I, I love baseball and I like most of the rules, but I think that one's wrong. That's the beauty about sports. You don't have to agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, you want to talk about some Buccaneers? I I, I do. I, we I, had I, about a million roster moves yesterday. Holy smokes! It it is crazy. Well, the first the the first domino and all that, of course, was uh, Vita Vea's injury, which was. I'm still not over that. Sorry. I, I know. I, I, w- I woke up the next day in such a bad mood, it, and it's not like it's affecting me more than his teammates or. He was having a, he was really off to a good start. I don't know if some people realize just how good he was playing and yeah. just how big of a loss that is. And it's sad because it was all coming together for him. We'll see what one loss means by the end of the year, but I think it's possible that the uh, on that Thursday night the loss of Vitavea was worse for us than the loss of the game. Oh, I agree because it's never I mean, you can forget the the Chicago game, it's done, it's over, move on, but uh Having Vea Vea gone is going to be every single game. Well, every, gonna, yeah, but every win and every loss counts. And when right. you're counting them up at the end of the year, if you if you find out you you missed by one, you know, I, I well, that, I don't envision that in a seven no, minutes but, of teams but, making it. But if as I look at that Chicago game, it was bad enough that that we lost Vita Vea. But I I, I just what I felt really, I just really just didn't understand all the penalties. Careful. I no, I can be careful because if you have a team that played so well the week before, you have the offensive player of the week, and then this week you're having all these issues. And Bruce Arian said it's you know we got to coach them up better, but I, I don't know how in three days they forgot. Okay, I thought you were going a different. No, no, no. I'm not, not. I'm not talking about zebras at all. Not okay. at all. No, I'm talking about the fact that. I think that's just a game that got away from them, and I think that hurts more. I I, uh, I really believe that. I, that that loss bothered me more than the last time we were in Chicago. And lost. Oh well, that one was you were kind of over it by midway through the second yeah, quarter. Yeah, it was, it was done. Like yeah, yeah you're getting spanked, and it's over with. That was Be done mid, with it. That was about seventy five percent of Mitch Trubisky's career production in that game alone. But yeah, of course, a tougher loss that you think you're going to mm-hmm. win is a harder one to swallow. Uh, as far as penalties, as far as the the referees, let's just say that Bruce Arians was just asked in a Zoom call if the Buccaneers had submitted the play where Shaq Barrett was called for roughing the passer, and if there had been any response, and his answer was no comment, brother. Yeah. So that's about as far as we can go with that. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah, I I concur with Bruce Arians so, on that. Uh, <laughs> you concur with the no comment <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and the keeping your wallet thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, um, there there have been a penalty. There have been penalty problems, um, and I think our offensive line is playing very well, for the most part. And I think they have some games that are great. The mm-hmm. Chargers game, the offensive line was great. Could have been the MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chicago game, they weren't great. Not at all. Uh, although the pressure still wasn't terrible, and the running and and they did open some good holes for Ronald Jones. There are penalty problems. We've had nine holding calls. Uh, that's not the most. Kansas City actually has more. Mm. It's funny because you look at it, the teams with the most holding calls are us, Kansas City, Buffalo. They're all doing all winning all doing records. pretty well. Yeah. Seattle has some of the most false starts. They've always been a highly penalized yeah. team, and yeah. they keep winning. So a high number of penalties in and of itself has not been correlated with winning and losing teams. Mm. Like I said, Seattle's been a highly penalized team for a long time. Raiders used to be great, and they didn't care about the penalties they got, right? Um 
so it's not really the number it's it's the situations and it's too many yeah. of them are putting the bucks in bad down and distance situations so nine holding calls one of those was on a receiver so eight holding calls on our offensive linemen and eight false starts five of which were on offensive linemen so uh that's probably the only thing that they need to clean mm-hmm. up and then and then you could say it, it's already an above average line according to the stats yeah and it and it's something that you can clean up really quickly i mean it's not it's not like you got to figure out how to run faster. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's it, yeah. it's it's a mental it's a mental approach. Well, some of it is, yeah. Some of it though is attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Bruce Aarons was just saying, if you're, you know, it's techniques. Sometimes on these holding calls, you get your feet beat, as is the way you put it, and then the guy beats you because your footwork was wrong. And then he's like, if he beats you and his head to the quarterback, I want you to hold him. I don't mm-hmm. want the quarterback. To yeah, hit. he said he'll take the 15 yard penalty rather than having <laughs> his quarterback hit or well, whatever. Well, if it's a personal foul, but whatever. Yes. Yeah. So, and that is a problem. And, and I'll throw another number at you. All right. Um, the Bucks are pretty good. They're about middle of the pack in third down conversions this year at forty-one point five percent, which is amazing to me that middle of the pack in the NFL right now is forty-one point five percent conversion rate. Ten, fifteen years ago, that would have been one of the best teams in the league. Now that th- there's three teams over fifty percent, the Packers are coming here at fifty-one percent, and they're not even number one in the league. That's crazy. Uh. The Buccaneers are pretty good. They're very good if they can keep it short. They're one of the best teams in the league, third and, third and one to third and six. And so when we've been able to do well on first and second down and, crucially, avoid penalties that put you in behind the eight ball and down in distance, the offense moves along just fine. Once you go from third and seven and back, we're three of 30 so far this year. And um, so hmm. as soon as you hurt yourself a little bit, you kill your drive. Yeah, third and long is third and long is always hard, but I, I think we probably could do a little better. We did convert one in that game on a pass to Cam Bright. Yeah. By well, the way, I sh- I meant to point out at the very top of this that we are uh, fly- we're sailing solo again yeah. for another week. And last week that was on on purpose because the schedule was so compressed. This week we just got caught up a little bit. The schedule changed because of testing changes. Yeah. Players now get tested on game day, which means they can come back in the building on Monday. Uh, so they're so the Bucks are going back to the normal NFL's routine of getting their players in, in on Monday, giving them treatment, breaking down the film, then giving them Tuesday off, then coming back on Wednesday to start the new week. This week's a little bit different because we got a bonus practice on Tuesday. Yeah, right. But anyway, the whole schedule got mixed around, and then today got mixed around a little bit. We thought we had a guest lined up, it didn't work out, and rather than ask somebody on short notice, we're like, okay, we'll we'll just yeah, we'll just solo we'll just, it. We'll just we'll just, this we'll just have to be better at our jobs we'll than normal. Very yes, entertaining. We have to be on our A game. So did you have something more to say about the third downs though? It sounded like you're about to say no, something. No, I just it it was just frustrating. I just thought it was a very, very frustrating game. I, I you know it was there for the taking as they say and, and and you know what? Chicago deserves credit because they did what they needed to do to get the to get it done. You know? And so but I, it's like you said, you're going to go back and you look at it, and as time goes on, you look at the games that you think you should have capitalized on, and you and you didn't. Yeah. And that, and and it's not just us saying um, the team kind of uh, hurt themselves more than than the Bears did. I mean, nationally, That's what they say. yeah, everybody's been talking about. So the players, the players are saying it, but also other people viewing it are, are like. But I will say Chicago, um, 
I don't know who it was, but someone's, what are they, four and one now? Mm-hmm. Someone's, I don't know, they're the worst four and one team in the league. That. You always hear that, buddy. You go, you know what? You know, you know, give them credit. They're getting it done. They made a quarterback change. It seemed to be the right thing to do. When they needed to make the play, they made the play. Um, when they need to make a defensive stop, they made the defensive stop. So, you know, it's they, their win. It's their W. I guess it's, I don't know if it's on the same level, but last year the Packers went 13 3 and. People were calling them the worst thirteen and three team ever. <laughs> yeah. They made it to the NFC Championship yeah, game, I know. and now they're four and zero, and they yeah. look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they were actually good, and it's hard to get to thirteen and three without being really good. Yeah, there's some teams you just like to hate on. You yeah. know? I mean, well, I don't just, like the Bears. Well, it's like just a perfect example. Okay. I've, well, I'm from St. Louis, right? So um, there, there is that, and Soldier Field, and we all both know people who are rooting for the Bears who happen mm-hmm. to. Keep who reminding like, you during like those games. Oh, yeah, I text you, you know, right then and there. And so you just kind of, you know, grin and bear it, no pun intended. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm glad that's over with. Okay. So back to Vita Vea. Yes. How do you respond? How do you fill that void? You can't fully – you don't have another Vita Not Vea. Nacho man. Yeah. So you just you – get, you get a variety of guys to step up. I don't think it's going to be one guy. And he – and if you don't know, Nacho refers to Raheem Nunez Rochez. And I also think it. it I, I think other guys. You know, you you say the guy. You know, Nacho has to come in. He has to step up. But I also I also think the guys around him have to. You know, they're playing a certain game with Vita Vea in there now. Their game kind of changes a little bit. Yeah, it depends on how well. I don't think that the the Bucks' approach on defense will change. Uh, they'll ask Nacho to try to do the same stuff that Vita was doing as mm-hmm. much as possible. But if he can't keep blockers multiple blockers off as well as vita does because hardly anybody can sure that's why he's nacho he was, nacho was having a, a fantastic training camp one of the he was one of the biggest buzzes of all camp and some of the defenders are clearly even though they hate how it happened clearly decided he's going to get a chance to show what he can do so we'll see mm-hmm. uh, and maybe everything will be just as good or as close to it but let's just say there's some more blockers running free because they don't have vita Vey in there to hold up one guy with one arm and one with the other arm uh yeah, it could change the it could change the game for the linebackers a little bit, and they may have to work their way off blocks a little bit more. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, it's a definitely a great test. I mean, you're going to find out real quick how good how how good it is. I think last week I asked you, did you know who? And this isn't true anymore, but at the time, who led led the team in receiving yards? And you surprised me by knowing it was Scotty mm-hmm. Miller because I thought that was a little bit of a tricky question. Do you know who leads the team in quarterback hits right now? Vita Vea. No. No. I was wondering if you could go for two for two. No. Will Golston, who oh, you do no. not tend to think of as a no. pass rusher. Right. He's got seven. That's the most of anybody on the team. More than JPP. Wow. He's been quietly making a lot of impact in the backfield, and that's in that's even though his role really isn't – that's not really his role. It wasn't. Maybe it will be more now. Because you go into your sub packages, you know, in our base you have three down linemen. Vita Vea and Dominic Sue and Will Golston. You go into a sub package with five defensive backs, and it's a lot more like a 4-3 front, and you only have two down linemen in the middle, and it's more often been Sue and Vea. But maybe Will will play a little bit more in there now mm-hmm. uh, and get more chances to rush the passer, and uh, that will be interesting to see. Yeah, and it'll be fun to see, too, what uh, what Todd Bowles does with um, with the defense if he changes it up a little bit like you just said no you didn't think so i don't think i don't think it'll be drastically unless 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 you're not getting the result i think you try to do the same thing 
Got to turn them loose. And if you get the results, great. If you're not, then you have to make adjustments. Maybe you have to blitz more, although he already is one of the most aggressive blitzers out there. Yeah, I don't know how much more you can blitz than well, what they're been, doing. But. It's been on a game-to-game basis, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Here's another thing I found interesting in that um, Chicago game, right. and it was actually a good moment. Um, I think it was the second quarter, fourth and one at our own 19. And Bruce went for it. Yeah, I liked it. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, but I he did. But we we had another fourth and short, and we didn't go for it. Correct or no? I don't that? actually recall that. Okay, I then know. I might be dreaming. This was fourth and inches, and you have Tom Brady, who's proven throughout his career he can, he can make that play yeah. work. So I understand. It's such. It's just something you don't see, and and I I, I want to tell you how rare this is because I looked it up uh, on a site that the the um, Pro Football Reference. Unfortunately, their database only goes back to 1994, but still, since 1994, all across the NFL, there have only been 20 times that teams have gone for it on fourth and one from inside their own 20-yard line. Really? 20 times in, in what's that? 26 years. 26 years? Quarter of a century. So less than one time a year. Really? Yes. But it gets better because most of But those, wait, there's more. Okay, if you're losing... If you're losing, if you're at fourth and one at your own 19 in the fourth quarter with three minutes left and you're losing, it's not a crazy thing to go for it there because it's like if we don't go for it, we don't get the ball back. But, so that's yeah. not a crazy decision. No. Going for it when you have the lead in the first half, how many times has that happened? Three. This is the third time since 1994 that a coach has gone for it in the first half with his team winning. Mm-hmm. And they all worked, by the way. They all worked. Well, fourth and inches, you would think you should be able to get that. It worked out of 20 times that teams have done this since then. It's worked 12 times, but really it's 12 out of 18 because one of those was one where the punter on took the ball and they just took it a, a safety on purpose oh. so that they could free kick with hardly mm-hmm. any time left. And another one was when the quarterback kneeled in a tie game with one second left. So instead of punting and risking getting, getting a block. Oh, yeah. So really 12 out of 18 times it's worked. All three times when a coach has done it, when leading in the first half. And that's what I found crazy about it. That, that is. That makes it a much more bold decision. Because you've already got the lead. He really wanted that biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> no biscuit, no biscuit. Yeah. So he um, – I think that's what the analytics would tell you to do, but coaches still aren't doing it in that drastic of a situation. Because one one argument against it, Jeff, is – yeah, if you go for it on fourth and one, I see you did bring your phone in this time. If you go for it, no, on I'm looking. I'm actually looking at the recorder. My phone's over here. You did remember, and it's and it's dark. You did remember to record it. Yeah, that's what I was looking at <laughs> to see if it was clicking because I was going to go. How am I going to tell Scott that this isn't moving? <laughs> Are we good? <laughs> yeah, we're good. Uh, <sighs> lost my train of thought. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you go for it on fourth and one, and you make it. Okay, so now you're at like the 21, you're still a long way away. The drive could stall three plays later, and then you, then you might look back and go, was that gamble really worth it? But mm. I think it is because I think what the analytics say is you're trying to steal as many possessions as possible. And by not punting it away there, you're basically stealing a possession. And if you can do that, maybe it wouldn't have worked this time. It did. We got a field goal. Maybe it wouldn't have worked this time, but if you do it all the times you should do it, it will work overall. Right. Even I mean, it did work in terms of getting not getting stuck down there uh, but it could have not worked in terms of leading to a scoring drive, but in this case it did. So, Good stuff. 
Good I did a little stuff. research. 1994. Yeah. Wow. I did a little research. Appreciate it. That's as far back as it went. I, I would have gone farther. If sure. I well, that's still pretty far back. <laughs> you know, it doesn't sound like it, but when you start adding it up, you go 26 years. Holy smokes. So all those roster moves that we made, mm-hmm. um, we're sitting here right now on a Wednesday with a game on Sunday, and we have 52 players on our 53-man roster mm. and 15 of 16 on the practice squad. Mm. which in previous years, leaving spots open in the middle of practice, you, you just never a, do. You can break a story here or something? No, not at something? all. Oh, okay. I would just say that it's just a sign of the times because with these 16-man practice squads and a lot of movement up and down, um, you're already – we've got 68 players here. So we could go up to – no, I'm sorry, 67. We could go all the way up to 69, but we're only going to have – 48 of them active on game day anyway. I mean, you, you don't really have to make sure that you're 53rd spot. And it's hard to bring players in. That's true, too. Yeah, you Maybe know, we're that, in the process of doing so. Right, because it yeah. takes 72 hours to get a player to come in because you have to test negative for three straight days. That's a very good point. It also could be that we are contemplating um, promoting somebody from the practice squad to the active roster before the game, but we're thinking, man, we're not sure yet if we're going to need another receiver or another mm-hmm. running back or another defensive lineman. Yeah because we're not sure where Chris Godwin is right now and we should find out more tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This is this we're recording this on Wednesday and Bruce Arians said at the beginning of the week that he felt there was a good chance that all those guys would be back on the practice field. I think they all have a shot. Maybe LaShawn might be the farthest away. Right. Uh, but Leonard Fournette could be back, which would that would help. help. Sure, would 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 free it up a little bit for Rojo, who's playing well, but it, it different type of different style of running. Mix it up. Rojo's doing a good job. He's getting Very some good. options to he's, – he's making some um, nice moves in the open field. Yep. He's getting some opportunities to be in the open field because, like I said, I think the offensive line is doing a pretty good job. Yeah, and he's seeing the hole. He is, but he's doing better than the stats suggest he should. You know what next-gen stats are? Mm-hmm. Okay, and so all those players are wearing trackers. Sure. So they the, the data they produce out of that is incredible. So every single player, every movement he makes, how fast he's going, where he's on the field, what direction he's headed in is tracked at all times. And then these stat services can compile that data in any number of ways. And one is to look at where all the defenders are and where all the other ten offensive players are other than the running back and how fast they're moving and what direction they're moving at the point where the running back gets the ball. And from that, get a picture of what they think the running back should be able to get out of it, and that would be the expected yards on that play. If you get more than that, then you're at plus of expected yards, mm-hmm. and that means you did something good. Ronald Jones was plus 41 in that game. Really? And he's plus 97 on the season, which is third best of all running backs in the league. So it's a little hard to understand everything that goes into that, but if but you just still, take it at yeah. face value, yeah. it means he's – He's good. Playing well. Yes, he's, he's he's improved from last year. A running back of of average caliber would not have gotten as many yards as Ronald Jones did. It's basically what that stat says. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Stats are fun. Yep. Do you have anything else? Uh, yeah, the elephant in the room. The All the games moving around? No. A, an actual elephant? Fourth down or was it third down? Was it third down or uh. was it fourth down? That is the elephant in the and room. You need, I was trying really hard to ignore that elephant. Well, I, I, I thought about it, and then I went, no, nah, we're the salty dogs. Right, well, we, you, we you, have you say what you want to say then. I, I, think, I think he thought it was, you know, this is just my opinion, seeing the game, watching the game, looking at it. I, I think he thought it was third down for whatever reason, and it just happened. And That's if it all. had been third down, he would have chosen a, a Well, I think, I think 
No. If, if it was third down, he because he was thinking it was third down, that's why he took the chance on the pass he threw. That's what I meant. If, yes. If he thought I'm it was sorry, fourth, yeah. if he was going to fourth down, then he probably would have taken the check down. Right. Yeah. You know, but um, Was there a check down? Did you – well, it broken he, down? there was supposedly there was an open, um, um, yeah, for the first down. He should have gone for the first down rather than for the field goal um, yardage, because where Cam was, if Cam was able to catch that ball, they would have been in field goal range right there. Okay, so, but no guarantee he would have made no. that decision anyway, even oh. if he knew it was fourth down. Well, that's true. If he didn't know, it was that's down. that's very true. That's very true, and. Um, I, I, I will say this. I like Tom Brady's uh, sense of humor or at least his um, his ability to look at himself and say, hey, you know, I'm human. When uh, the Lakers won, he did the, uh, the, the photo. He photoshopped LeBron. I didn't see it. You didn't see it? Mm-hmm. He photoshopped LeBron James's head on his body with four and said, congratulations on your fourth championship, old man. <laughs> You didn't see that? Has he really only won four? I think that's um yeah. LeBron's only won four? Yeah, he won one in Cleveland. Two won. in Miami. Did they win two in Miami? Okay. Did they? I know they at least won one. They won in Cleveland and that. So either or. But anyways, um it's, it was pretty funny. You need to you need to Google it and look at I it. I don't follow the NBA quite enough to know. I don't it, either. I just happened to see it because it was Tom Brady and Tom Brady tweeted it. You don't follow Tom Brady? I yes, I do. Well, but he, do, he you, do you have them on notifications? Because um, I don't have them on notifications. No, I don't. And I, I, there are times when I don't pay attention to sure. my phone for a long period yeah, of time. Yeah, well, there's that. Yeah, plus all the I'm, other things I'm that not, you follow. I'm not 25. These, I'm not either. These 25-year-olds, I'm they, they're either. on Twitter nonstop. <laughs> they know everything as soon as it happens. Well, I know. I know. It's part of their communication, which is fine. But Sure. We're past that, Jeff. I guess. We're, we're couple salty. times. <laughs> we're salty. <laughs> but I did appreciate that, and, and I – and I, that is not the reason why that game was was lost. However, at a minute and 13 seconds left on the clock and you give the ball to Tom Brady and all you need is a field goal, I thought for sure this is, this is, this is going to be this is going to be awesome. Which brings up an interesting point in that he's the all-time leader in comeback winning yeah, drives. marching down, yeah. Which is why you believed it. And so did I. Right. I remember at that moment, I'm like, okay, this is why we have Tom Brady. But surely this is, I know it isn't the first time he's he's been in that situation and not won the game. Right. He just wins them at a higher rate than most people would. And it, and, and the thing was, and, and this is it, if for whatever reason, if he never held his hand up with four, Right, if you he, know, if he just said and it didn't say, hey, yeah, just yeah, but but it's immediate now. Whether he knew it was third or fourth down, I don't know. I just know that it was fourth down. Whether what his thought process, I have no I idea. Knew it was fourth down. I did too, because I remember the feeling as soon as it was over, I just got yeah. up and took my computer. Yes, you did. You did leave very quickly. Yes, but um, but that, that being said, we march forward. Uh, I was just talking about how I got up where I was mm-hmm. working for the road game because if anybody's listened to this podcast, I know that you and I are not traveling this year for obvious reasons, and um, which breaks very, very long strings for both of us. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. And you are directing the radio broadcast from the control booth at Raymond James Stadium when Correct. we're on the road. And because you have extra feeds and, and just it's nice to be around some people, I've chosen to work there as well 
on road games. And I I just want to say, pulling back the curtain a little bit, it's kind of it's kind of fun watching you direct a radio broadcast. I mean. I didn't think you were good at anything, to be honest with you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate and, that. And you are really good at directing that broadcast. I'm impressed by all the balls you have in the air at once and, and just how you keep it moving. Okay, we're going to be back in 30 seconds. Make sure you get this in. Make sure you get this in and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Thanks. appreciate it. And uh, the other good thing about it is – uh, you have the mic situated some way in that you can't pick up whatever I'm yeah, saying well, you in the guys back say, of the room. Well, it's funny because uh, you always say, gosh, you know, can you hear us? Uh, no, we got very – their microphones are like what we have on right now, very, very directional. Okay. You're not picking up You're not picking <laughs> up that thing. other stuff. You know. It's a good thing because my language got a little salty. Well, yeah, sometimes my language gets a little <laughs> salty too, and I appreciate you not mentioning that. <laughs> but, yes, uh, it is um, – it's it's a different um, it's a different. No, it can't uh, be it can't be easy to do it. it can't be easy period. But to do it from where you're doing it and it seems like it, it's gone off very well. It has gone really really well and I'm I'm really proud of the team. You know I'm really proud of the guys and yeah. and and the girls that are working and and getting it done and and um, I will say uh, it's weird because like we're gonna be home this week. And there is an adjustment when all of a sudden it's live. And that's when I notice the difference because there's just so much more you see when you're live at a sure, game. You're, yeah. you're looking at the bench more. You're just, sure. There's just so many things. And when you're doing it the way we're doing it, even though we're getting more feeds than anybody else, and I, I say thanks to the NFL and the competition committee for allowing us to have some feeds that, that aren't going anywhere else, um, has, made it, has made it so that we can pull it off. Most people can't tell the difference whether we're there or not. So. Yeah, but you're being transparent about it, not trying to fool anybody. Oh, no, no, we're not trying to fool anybody. Not at all, not at all. But um, it is it is going to be um, kind of fun. I mean, we had a night game, and um, we're falling into that. Jeez, oh, you know, are, we, uh, we, we're you know. We're going to be exhausted in about six weeks. Yeah, and we were talking about previously that the schedule kept, you know, how the football schedule changes on us. Football's going to schedule change again because – well, a Monday night game week is different. Is well, yeah, but, I mean, how is he treating Vegas? They go to Vegas. They play an 825 game, you know, it, player, so the player's coming in on Monday and then Tuesday off, or how is he going to work that? Because you have a, the Monday. Yeah. So, you know, again, we're going to have There's a schedule change. There's not going to be very many normal weeks. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And even 425 games, you know, that's a, that's a, that's still a late game. We don't have another 1 o'clock game until, what, November, mid-November? Yeah, uh, Carolina, in Carolina. Or maybe early December. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's a Carolina game, which I, which I don't know whether we'll go or not because that's close. I don't know. I just kind of like just going with it. I ask every week, hey, are we traveling? No. Okay. I got to ask. <laughs> yeah, I think, the I think the party's become more restricted, not less, as the season's gone. Well, that's that's it. You know, and, and, you know, a lot of people think I kid when I say wear a mask. But if, if you like football <laughs> and you like sports, just wear a mask. I mean, Preaching well, here. well, hey, you know, a perfect example. We're in the state of Florida and, you know, um, the Gators were all excited. They wanted to put tons of people in their in their stadium, and guess what? That Gator LSU game just got moved. Yep. Which you is you mean postponed or right? postponed? Yeah. Well, I didn't I know if you I, meant moved location. Or no, what? they moved uh, date. They moved the date, yeah. which is sad. Which is sad. There's a lot is, of people looking forward to that game. I've I listen. I enjoy sports just like anybody else. And so I Sa wanted to keep it going. Speaking of which, the Saints thinking about playing at LSU. 
Yeah. We've been there. We mm-hmm. played there in like yeah. 2005. And, re- and and if you don't know, the reason for that is that there's no national um, policy of how to deal with COVID-19. So each state, municipality, city, county, all have their own rules. And the city of New Orleans is not allowing large gatherings. Right. So that's kind I'm of. thinking about going to LSU so they can have some fans. Yeah, I think they were allowed to have like 25,000. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, that's probably a really big stadium. Well, yeah, now it's like 110, right, whatever. So when we remember we were there, they were like under construction. I do. Crazy. That was, that was way back in 2005. Uh, after Katrina. Yeah. And that's Ron, why we were there. Ronnie Barber had three picks. Mm. Ooh, gosh, those guys used to terrorize Aaron Brooks. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Yes. Simeon Rice used to <laughs> sack Aaron Brooks three times a game. <laughs> Ronnie Barber picked him off a bunch of times. It's crazy. I know. Since then, the Bucks haven't had much luck coming up against non-great quarterbacks in this division. I mean, the Saints have had Drew Brees ever since the next year. The Falcons have had Matt Ryan forever. The Panthers had Cam Newton for a long time, mm-hmm. not to mention Jake DeLome, who used to have our number. Oh, Jake, yeah. Uh, so, And he played for Carolina, too, which which was crazy. Played for the Saints and Carolina. Yeah, he barely played for the Saints. Yeah, He completed one pass against us on a, a third down after somebody got hurt. There is a quarterback um, – in Minnesota, he was a backup, and we made him a superstar every game. Oh, uh, uh, Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson, yes, yes. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> I was some of that was even before my time, but I can see in the record books his name yeah. keeps popping up. I'm like Wade Wilson. Yeah, I he mean, always killed us. Yeah, and, and it was like we were in like we we're, anytime we play Chicago, I think of Tom Waddle, the tight end. He was a buck killer too. I thought he was a receiver. I think he's a tight end. Hmm. I mean, well, the, now, the name now, sounds like now. The, now I got it. I know he's in radio now. The name sounds more like a tight end than a receiver. Yeah. I mean, I remembered that that there was a Tom Waddle. I thought mm-hmm. he was a receiver. Well, let's find out. The uh, the modern day Wade Wilson is Case Keenum. Whenever we run into Case Keenum, uh, wherever yeah. we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they, he All played right. for the Bears, attended college, he spent his entire season with the Bears. But they didn't. Uh, no, I'm sorry, you were right. He was a wide receiver. I thought he was a tight end. What's that? I was, I was zoned out. You were out. correct. What, oh, you, correct. What was that again? Yeah, you finally were right. You finally. And a, you and a broken clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you covered your elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Are you satisfied now then? Yeah, but I, I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. I mean, you know. I didn't want to talk about it. Well, I understand, but I want to talk. About I it. want everyone to know. I'm that like the teenager who doesn't want to talk about the topic that his parents <laughs> want to talk about, <laughs> which is pretty much every topic. That did Alex do something wrong at home? No. no, Alex never does anything wrong. I mean, he's he's a good kid. Yeah, he's a good kid. How, hey, did he pitch at all anymore? They they they, they haven't. They're just they're, practicing. Right okay, now. but he's applying to some pretty impressive schools. Yes, I know. I'm excited about that. We'll <sighs> but, update once he gets accepted. But about How's me. that? <laughs> His name, by the way, is Alex Smith. So uh, he's probably the third most famous Alex Smith. Uh-huh. Well, he could become in, the, in or around the NFL. He could become the most famous Alex Smith <laughs> before this is over with. Okay, um, we obviously, like we said, we don't have a guest, so we're gonna go. We don't. We don't need a break, right? No, I'm, we'll just go straight into the. Believe question. it or not, we already rolled thirty-three minutes. Okay, so I got going. some pretty good questions. This All time. right, I'm, I'm. I feel good about this. Good. Uh, here's the first one. Hey, salty dogs. Tough loss to the Bears. Mm. I live in Indiana and hear all the trash talk from old Bear <laughs> fans. That sounds terrible. Yeah. I have two questions for you. What is Aaron Rodgers' record against the Bucks in Tampa? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do that one. Yeah. Um, he's 2-2 two and two overall, so I think it's 0-2 oh in Tampa because 
Uh, I don't believe we beat him in Green Bay. I don't think we've won in Green Bay since 2005, uh, and he didn't wasn't starting until 2008. Right. We beat him in 2009, Jeff. In the um, that was the game in which um, was that Josh Freeman's yeah, first start? Yeah, in the throwbacks, yeah. 38-28. Yeah, yeah. I think we had a pick six in that game, uh, and then we beat him again, maybe the very next year. Um, but the, they've won the last two. No, it wouldn't have been the next year. I don't know. It's two and two. I think sure. it's I think it's two and zero oh against Rodgers here in Tampa. But that means nothing. No, <laughs> no. that means nothing whatsoever. <laughs> no. But that's a good question. Yeah, but this one might take a little longer. Who would be your Bucks Mount Rushmore of players? Picking just four would be tough. So maybe Mount Rushmore of offense and defense of all time. You, you get this thing. You've seen this thing yeah. before, right? Somebody will do a Mount Rushmore of this or that, which means sure. the four best. I've actually done this before. It was quite some years ago. And I was tasked with that. And you can – it's hard not to make it all defense. That's the problem. Right. And I don't know how you can not start – if you're doing the full team, how can you not start – you have three guys on the Hall of Fame. So right. they have to be there, right? Right. Warren Sapp, Leroy Selman, Derek Brooks. Right. So who's your fourth? By most stats, by a thing called um, AV, which is sort of an all-encompassing stat of how, how much they contributed to the franchise, it's probably Rondé Barber. He's probably the fourth – Best player in team history. John Lynch, you probably think of as a possibility there, right? Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, I think that's where you would start. But when I happened to do this article, I'm like, I know I could say that, but I think that uh, the Mount Rushmore of an entire team should have at least one offensive player on it. I, I would say just like that. I would say because he's one of the most popular offensive players, and that was Mike Allstock. That's who I chose. That's, so I chose way back then. I mean, he's got accomplishments too. Sure. Oh and no. Six yes. Pro Bowls. Right. And he's the all-time touchdown leader, which is probably the most important thing. Mm-hmm. He's, I think, our third leading rusher. He's up there in receptions, and as you said, everybody loved him and still does. Right. So I think that would be the choice. I would have to. I I would have to agree with that. Mike that, Evans uh, is working his way there, though. Mm-hmm. But there is something. There is something um, when you think about that. It, it's not only. Um, there was just there was just a connection with the fans and Mike. I I don't know sure. if it's because the fans felt like he was one of them, you know, hardworking, lunch, yeah, blue collar, you know, no airs, just a guy that you know went and did his job. Um, had some pretty fantastic runs. Right, his highlight reel is it, fantastic. It's just you know when you needed it, uh, you know, a part of the greatest call that Gene has right. up the gut. You yeah, know, right. with Mike Allstott up the, the gut. gut. I mean, you just – I mean, I, I, I just sitting here, I'm thinking about when we were in Minnesota at the Metrodome where, um, you know, Mike bounced off like yeah. three, four people into the end zone. And he went I mean, in Down backwards. the line. Yeah, he went down the line. He ended up going in backwards on that one. Was it against Cleveland that he, like, yeah. blew away eight players or something like it was, that? It was the Super Bowl year. Um, it was in. It was here in Tampa. Uh, one of the big storylines of the early part of that season, the Bucks were playing well. They were something like four and one or five and one. But Mike Allstadt, Gruden wasn't using Mike Allstadt very much, and that was a big yeah, yeah, why isn't yeah, Gruden? Yeah. So I think Gruden was a big oh here you go because yeah. he threw he ran him a ton in that game and he had like 140 yards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on one play it was it was about a 20 yard run, and he's just bouncing off one guy after another. And I think he made contact with nine different yeah, defenders. That was crazy. And they played the replay on the board, and you know it's slowed down a little bit, and you see. Poof, and the crowd starts going, like, making the thudding noises <laughs> every time he runs into a guy. And uh, I, that uh, the one thing I like about that highlight is it highlights 
as highlights do. Um, one thing that I think you have to understand about what made Mike Allstadt so good was that he had incredible balance for his size. And so there were there was a spot, there was a time, and it's not the only time it happened in his career, where he was actually go, looked like he was going down and he got hit by a guy and it, he kind of used it to get back on yeah. his feet. Like a, yeah. Pretty like impressive. A, he was a pretty, yeah, very, very much so. But I think that was part of it. And, and so I, I like your Mount Rushmore. I like it. If you had to do, we could just do real quickly, if you had to do one on offense and one on defense, I think we already said the defense one. You'd have to choose between Rondé and John Lynch for the fourth mm-hmm. spot. Mm-hmm. I think I'd probably choose Rondé, and that's no offense to John Lynch. No. But Rondé was here a lot longer. Yes. Um, and it's hard not to include the guy who's your all-time leader in games played, games started, and interceptions. And he played his whole career here, yeah. so you, you know you got to give credit for that. All-time offense is a lot tougher. Very All-Stott, much so. All-Stott, obviously, we'll yeah. start with okay. him. I, I think Mike Evans is there already. Yeah, Mike could be there, yeah. He's our all-time leader in virtually every receiving category. I think I think Mike Evans would be there once this team gets into the playoffs. No, man. He's already there. Yeah. He's your all-time leader easily in every receiving category. And before you know it, probably within the next two seasons, he's going to pass Do you think most people know that? Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. I wrote about it in Mailbag for tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, then they will know about it. He's he's at 55 touchdowns now. That's only 16 behind Mike Allstott. Mm -hmm. So you got a long way to go. He's going to get there. And then he'll be your all-time touchdown leader, too. He's he's definitely in there. All right. I think I'd put Paul Gruber in there. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a very good one. And then it's getting another tougher. Lunch, not another lunch pal guy. Well, a guy that really never got the he did he never went to a Pro Bowl. Mm. He didn't get the recognition. He last deserved. game, the last game of the the last game he ever played was in Chicago, where his leg was broken yep. in '99. Didn't get to play or, in that. Or ninety, yeah, ninety, run. yeah, yeah. It was '99. Then did didn't get to play there. Then yep. Uh, what else? Who? I mean, Jimmy Giles. Uh, for the time, yeah, and and the way tight ends were that weren't utilized as much, you know, that was that's that. Brad that. Johnson. I mean, which quarterback do you put a quarterback on there? I mean, it's hard to pick. Well, the, you know, the top it's one, it's, un, it's yeah because he's the only guy that uh, has won a Super Bowl for this team. Doug Williams. Well, and then there's that too. He's in the but ring, I he's think in the ring I bar. think you know Doug played really well when he was with us. But I think what uh, you know when you look at that that period of time. And then, you know, he goes to the USFL and does really well. And then he goes to Washington. And, you know, people forget he was the backup in Washington in, when he won the Super Bowl. So, um, but, uh, yeah, you would have to kind of think about that, that, you know. I think Allstott, Evans, Gruber, and Giles is where I'd probably go with that. Mm-hmm. I've got others that I like more maybe, work done. I'm a big fan of. Sure. Joey Galloway. Yeah. Vincent Jackson numbers are really good. Sure. Um, there's some really good players that have passed through here. You forget about it. It's though. just that it's hard. It's not like four separated. I mean, if you were doing yeah. this for the Cowboys, you know, well, Emmitt oh, Smith yeah, is a lock, yeah. Troy Aikman's a lock, Michael Irvin, you know what I'm saying? Some teams this would be a lot easier. Sure. But, yeah. All yeah. right. But that's good. I like good it. Good enough, right? That was fun. Okay, next question. Hey, S-Dogs. Rojo had another great game. Mm-hmm. He's starting to remind me of another awesome buck who wore 27, LeGarrette Blunt. He's big, he's tough, and he's a downhill runner. Keep up the good podcasts. Phil Schwadron, longtime Bucks fan, Orange County, California. I actually know oh. I know who this is. Do you? Yeah. Orange he, County. He is yeah. a huge Bucks fan. I actually didn't know or remember that he's in California. He's actually he's actually fun to follow on Twitter. Oh. Um, I think he's a writer and a teacher. Uh, yeah, I don't know. LeGarrette Blunt, I mean, he's not that big. No, no. 
Well, I, mean, I, I was trying to figure out how he was getting the Laguerre Blunt part. Well, they both they both wore number twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, but Laguerre, I don't I don't see the I don't see their styles the same. Laguerre was more of a break a tackle, break yeah. another tackle, run you over and just keep going, or, or jump over you. <laughs> yes, or jump over you. Yes, um, Arizona game. Yes, remember he, that. Yeah, he does have he he had some pretty spectacular plays. I think mm-hmm. Ron Jones might be a little shiftier. Yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah, okay, interesting enough. That actually wasn't a question as I look at it now. Sure, that's fine. more of a statement. But appreciate you listening and taking yeah. the time to shoot us an email. All right. All right. Hey, Jeff Dog and Scott Dog. Ah. Oh, that's a new one. That's a newie. All right, I think he's trying. I like it. Didn't want to do just be salty. No. Salty ones again. Right. Obviously, we're all seeing, you know what, I didn't say the name of the first guy. The first question was from a Justin Whitaker. Oh, okay. Uh, this one is obviously we're all seeing these games being shuffle shuffle around on the mm-hmm. NFL schedule because of COVID. I get that they're doing their best to get all the games in, but that can't be easy on the teams that have to suddenly change their game dates, especially the ones that don't have any positive cases but just have to move because other games were moved. My question: Just how hard is this for a team, and who has it? Who is it hardest on? Players, coaches, or somebody else? Thanks for your time, Trent Davison. It's hardest on me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have an answer to this. <laughs> I think it's hardest on Tr- Tim Jaraki. Yeah, the team. Well, it's hard to, on any travel guy. Yeah. Because wow. what people don't understand is when you move a game, if even if you take a game on a let's say you're supposed to play at one o'clock on Sunday and your game gets pushed to eight something, you now have to get that hotel to let you stay. Right. <laughs> That's a minor thing comparatively. Plus, you have to now. Um, have different food service. That's right. Plus, you got to hope that the airline has that aircraft in the window. <laughs> right. Because usually what they do is they give you an aircraft, you have a window of so many hours that the aircraft is yours. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. That's, I, and that's minor compared to what these teams are being asked oh, to do. Oh, it's the team that's really catching it is the Chargers, and they didn't do anything wrong. Right. You see how many games got moved yeah. on them because of who they play I against? Think Miami had game moved, Jacksonville had game moved, yeah. Denver, New England. None um, of those teams, well, New England has cases. Um, but, yeah, I mean. Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo last night and t- the Titans. The it's, Titans didn't play for the Titans. Only played four games. Everybody else played five. Well, the Packers have only played four because of a bye. Yeah, th- but that was a legit bye. That yeah. wasn't a. Well, well that's another looting. thing. So this team, and I, you can't feel sorry for the Titans. No, I feel sorry more sorry for the Bills. Um, you're expecting to have a bye week in like week eight, and then all of a sudden you find out on Friday, hey, like, hey, that that week you just had that was your bye week. It, it's hard to get the. Um, you were probably probably practicing if you were allowed to. Um, you know, you, you can't get the value out of the bye week when that happens. No. So, but even more so, you, you take a game uh, and change it by a couple weeks. Now these poor travel guys, you know when they start working on, on setting up these, you do, when they start setting up hotels? Pretty much 10 seconds after the schedule comes out. Yeah, April. Yeah, and, and they get they, it all lined up well ahead of time. And then they got to fly in and check it out. Yeah, that's right. You know, even though even though there are certain hotels that teams go to, yeah, those they know. But the you know, as we say, pull the curtain back. But it changes with each head coach because each head coach has a different criteria what they're looking ah, for. Yeah. Some coaches like the best hotel that's closest to the stadium. Others want to be a little further out. Some don't like to be in the city. Some like to be further some, out. It some depends. who will go. Uh, who will go unnamed like to stay as close to the hotel as possible yes. in the airport. Right. Right. Stay at the airport. 
you know. Don't matter how the quality of the hotel was. Right. Stay in, stay at the San Francisco airport when you're playing in Oakland. <laughs> not that I remember that at all. Not at all. No. So you know, made perfect, and have everybody go to bed at eight o'clock because that would be eleven <laughs> o'clock Eastern time. But I digress. <laughs> See, you get me all cranked up. <laughs> Speaking of old coaches, or ex, or ex, yes, congratulations to Raheem Morris. He's the interim coach for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Good I, for him. I wish him success, all except two games against yeah, us, yeah, and, exactly. and only because he's a good guy, and we know right. him, and and we don't, uh, you know, we 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 have rivalries, yes, and uh, and if we beat them twice, then we're going to be in great shape against them. So, no matter what they do. So. Yeah, but that's good. I mean, um, Raheem gets another crack even mm-hmm. on an interim basis, and it'll it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, yeah, that's cool. But on this back on this issue of uh, moving games, the uh, the flip side of that, as somebody pointed out, was yeah, you have to find a hotel in very short notice. But there's a lot of hotels that are hurting for business right now. That's true. But what you have to understand is that a hotel just can't take you to take you because there are so many requirements. And a lot of times the teams are pretty much taking that whole hotel. Right. It's not like as much as they can, as much as they can. And a number of floors, uh, meeting areas. Um, The biggest thing too is on a short notice is the food. You know, you think, Oh, how hard is it? But you got to order, you know, if you got to all of a sudden order, you know, 50 tons of red beef, yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes it hard. I think the teams, travel guys that I probably feel the worst for right now are the ones whose games got moved up. Like if their game was supposed to be in week 11, but mm-hmm. now it's in week six. Mm-hmm. If it's moved back, you can probably talk to the same hotel and can go. I work on it a little I mean, bit. Four weeks from now, can we still have the same deal? Sure. Blah, blah, blah. But if, if it's moved up four or five weeks and you have very little time, that hotel may be like, may be like we can't do it. Mm-hmm. And now you're searching around. I don't know how hard it's been on any particular team. Well, we haven't seen Tim, so we don't know. He's our travel guy. <laughs> well, fortunately, none of our games have been moved. No. No. But, yeah, he's tier two, so we can't go over there. We're not over there, yeah. But it, it is weird. It is weird not seeing people. Right. You know? All this time uh-huh. since March. Yeah. In fact, I saw a couple people come in for the first time uh, this week that haven't been, and it was kind of weird seeing them. You know? Sometimes you see people in Tier 2, like by the demil- demilitarized oh, zone. Downstairs, <laughs> yes. Where it almost overlaps, and you go, hey, my yeah, man, yeah, well, over there. Well, just so you know, there's a there's a there's um, there are stanchions to keep it a, that you can't cross, but there is a table that everybody uses that if I need to get something to a tier two per person, you text them and you, you put, put it, it on, on the table. table. And they come and get it later. Yeah, you go versa. you go by there, you see all these little notes for different yeah. people to, to, to grab. Well, you know what we need is we need to have some dumb waiters installed. Uh, most people don't know what a dumb waiter is. It's not someone who's not the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree. <laughs> a dumb waiter is a shaft where you have it. It's like a little elevator. It's a way to but take like dishes and food and stuff mm-hmm. up and down in yes. a multi-level building. Back in the turn of the century in your castle, I do yeah. remember that. I don't think dumb waiters are, you don't see many of them anymore. No. I'm a little surprised. Well, I don't know. If you've gone out to eat, I've seen some, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that guy's bringing us our food <laughs> yeah. and not wearing a mask. Yeah. What's he? Yeah. He's a dumb, dumb waiter. waiter. All right. That's the last question, Jeff. Oh, that's good. That was a good question, though. That's a good question. Yeah, I, hopefully, hopefully. Um, it's we, hard, you know, we didn't even mention. It's hard on the players and coaches too. It's very hard because it changes your whole game right. plan. It changes your it changes your training. Teams love to be on the same schedule as much as possible. If Creatures. a coach could have his way, every game would be one o'clock on Sunday, and every every week's schedule would be exactly the same. That's what they want. 
Well, if you look at Buffalo and Tennessee, they played on Tuesday. Now they got to play on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like it's a big turnaround, but it it's similar to it's playing similar a like a Thursday, night. right? Well, we all know how that it plays. Sucks. It does, and it's hard on everybody. It, it's it's everybody just likes to know what the week is going to be like, and you get into that habit. And you know, it's interesting enough that you walk in this building and you can see a schedule. If you if you have a TV, you can flip it over to a channel and it shows you the yeah, schedule. Right. And everybody just likes that. You know, it's Monday. This is what we're going to do. It's Tuesday. This is, and um, but it is 2020. So you know, <laughs> you just gotta. You know, everything changes. There's a There's, lot worse things about 2020. Yeah, I mean, it it is a. Um, I'm just hoping that it. it it corrals a little bit to um, – Well, the real test is going to be when a team, they have to – they can't play a game because of COVID for a team that's already passed its bye week because then there's nowhere to move it. Yeah, well, they, they they're, they're, you know, there is that conversation. They do have uh, – you know, they hoping they don't have to, but they could have a week 18. I think it's going to end up happening. They don't want to. You, you think it will? Yeah. Yeah, just because – We're only five weeks in, Jeff, and there's been like 10 games moved. Yeah. Why is it going to get better? Well, that's true. That's, so, that's true. Again, once you get past the team, if Green Bay has a problem now, and by the way, Wisconsin is a massive hot spot right now. The city of Green Bay. It's like is. 22% at one point or something. Yeah. Like that. I was reading that. I was like, holy smokes. So, if Green Bay has to have a game moved, they're already past their bye. Right. So, what do you do? The only thing to do is put it on the end, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot play two games in a week. You can't. No. You, no, I mean, there's not even a question. Because it would really be three games in a week. Because if you tried to put them on Sunday and Thursday, then they still have another game the next Sunday because there's no bye. Yeah, and then you got to take in the uh, health factor. You've got to take in all of that. Yeah, that is uh, – I is, mean, I, I guess the only way to, would be to get ultra creative and be like, okay, they played a Thursday game. We'll move their next Sunday game to Tuesday – and then move the next game, you know, to like space it out as much sure. as possible. But that would be really hard. Well, and the other thing, too, is that it, it certainly hurts when you move those games like that. Uh, it hurts TV ratings. Right. It hurts the dollar because uh, like last night or Tuesday, you had two baseball games. and Yeah, but those uh, baseball games are getting terrible ratings. Really? Yeah. That's because no one knows where they're at. That, well, that's always an you issue. Know, that's, they move around. You never know where they're being played. Yeah. But I didn't realize that, really. Yeah, they're really getting bad ratings, which I'm not happy to say because well, I love baseball. I was reading, you know, it's funny. I was reading an article about sports being down, and a lot of it is because they believe it's because it's a political year. Mm. And people are looking around trying to figure out what's going on next. Huh. So, but, you know, it is 2020. All right. All right, Jeff. You done? I have well, no more. Well, we, we really, well, we almost nailed an hour, 53 right. minutes. That was good. <laughs> that was, it's, it's, we will be back with a guest next week. Yes, In we fact, will. I already have somebody I've talked to, so I think we got a really good shot. All right. Very good. You want to say who it is or you want to? No, wait? let's keep let's, it mystery. Just in case, yeah. you know, because things change. Right. You know why? You know why things change? It's 2020. Thank you. <laughs> Since you did, thanks for listening.